What if it's not too late to live your best life? I mean, really, is it too late to reset, redefine, recreate yourself in new, exciting life chapters? What if your name is being called into rooms your feet have not yet entered? You don't want to miss today's episode. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author. I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I want to change generational thinking, no more all or nothing mentality, get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction Not Perfection. Happy Podcast Friday. Welcome to episode 163 the midlife remix with author and coach Renee Washington. (laughs) Man, I could not stop smiling and laughing through this interview. Renee was such a blast to hang out with and incredibly motivating to start understanding her thoughts and her wisdom around it's never too late to live our best life. I have a feeling you'll be passing this episode on to your mom, your sister, your aunt, everyone you care about and wanting to never give up on fighting for their best life. Okay, think about this. Does this sound familiar? You're in your 40s, 50s, or 60s, and you've raised your kids, and the nest is almost empty, and you're trudging along, doing what you've always done, but rather than feeling content and settled, you feel like there must be something more. Today, I interview Renee Washington, a certified life coach, author, podcast host who focuses on helping women in midlife realize that it's not too late to reset redefine, and recreate themselves in new and exciting life chapters. Tune in as Renee discusses the passion that she has found in midlife. Oh, and be prepared to connect to your inner self, sans role or title, continuously purge what no longer serves you, prioritize yourself while still honoring who and what you love, in the lie that it's too late or you're too old to live your best darn life. Remember that midlife is a state of mind. Oh, I am so excited to introduce you today to Renee Washington, author, podcaster, coach. We are going to talk about four journeys every midlife woman needs to live in their purpose and in their freedom. She has a podcast called The Midlife Remix. Welcome, welcome. Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you, Lindsay. Should we tell our listeners that it only took us like three times to make this? Yeah, happen? we should. So, so they should know, don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and I also feel like sometimes we panic about things. It's like, it is not that big of a deal, right? No, like, no that's why I love the name of your podcast, Direction Not Perfection. <laughs> <laughs> we are all welcome in this space. Yeah. <laughs> Can you please tell our listeners all about you? I had a 28-year career in corporate. 
I was an HR manager where I worked in-house as an executive and professional development coach. And I also ran the management training departments and soft skills training. Well, I did that, you know, and was happy doing that for many, many years. And in the midst of all of that, I experienced burnout in my career and in my marriage. They both kind of paralleled, you know, really weirdly. And uh, in the midst of all of that, I had a mini stroke that was not precipitated by any triggers that are typical. I wasn't overweight. I, I didn't have diabetes, didn't have any of the stuff. And so I felt like it was truly stress connected and had to make some decisions about my life. I ended up getting uh, divorced and then I had to keep my job because I had to feed myself. And so, so that kind of refueled me on the burnout of my job. <laughs> no longer burned out. <laughs> Temporarily, but you know, our crap circles back to meet us again. At that point, I was kind of thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, I really had never dealt with any really major life dramas until the TIA and, and getting divorced. Um, and prior to all of that, I found out at, at 45, because this happened in my mid-40s, that I was in full-blown menopause. So a lot of shifting and transition, you know, in, in my mid-40s. When the job angst bubbled up again, I'm a woman of faith. And so I was praying and praying. I was like, oh, please, Jesus, let me just stay. By this time, I was 53 and, and had two more years until official retirement. And mm -hmm. I was miserable. And I'm in a position where I'm trying to encourage and motivate other people. Uh, by this time, I was dating someone and was engaged. And, you know, I said to him one day, I said, why I keep asking God to just let me have a great attitude about this job. I, it's been a blessing for so many years. I'm not ungrateful. I just don't think I can do it anymore. <laughs> and he said, maybe God is packing your bag. That was so profound to me. He always says, you need to pay me for that because I quote him all the time. <laughs> I have chills just hearing that. Yes. I had been keeping this list of what I love about my job, what I hate about my job. And uh, I realized one day that it wasn't about the job. It was about me, that there were a hundred other people that would gladly sit in my seat. Mm -hmm. And my mom had, had died um, almost a year before that unexpectedly of a pulmonary embolism. Mm. And that is and remains the worst thing that has happened to me. She's been dead for, for 10 years, but no. my mom was my person, you know, mm. she was it. And when she left here so unexpectedly, everybody was shocked that knew her, that nobody could believe that she was gone. And I just didn't even want to be in the world anymore. Yeah. But, um, you know, on the other side of that, and then going through this, this job burnout, what, what her death taught me was how arbitrary life is. We don't know the, the day and the hour. Because I started paying attention after she left. I was like, because it was so shocking that she was dead. And so I started looking at who lived and who died. And, you know, people would be in these horrible accidents and come out, you know, and be okay. And, right. you know, and then there were people that, why did that happen? And, um, you know, I, you know, when I do talks in, in through my coaching, I will give the example of the Rolling Stones. They used to be my example. Now one has recently died, but I used to say 
Look at the Rolling Stones. They all look like death warmed over and they're still rocking it out. Still here. <laughs> I know, still here, still here. So you don't know. I realized with my, my job in corporate that retirement criteria had changed three times during my tenure. You know, it was 50 and 20, I think, when I started, then 50 and 25, then 55 and 25, you know, 55 years of age, 25 years of service. And I, I said, why am I letting some external entity <laughs> determine decisions for my life? <laughs> You know, because those decisions were arbitrary. Somebody wakes up one day and decides to change them. And what if you fought that next two years and then it got extended enough? Well, it did, Lindsay. Yeah, I ended up leaving. But, you know, after I left, they changed it to 62, 62 years of age. Wow. That was almost like a present for you to be like... (laughs) <laughs> good job yeah. leaving this what this yeah, was in your future yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know and so you know it just really speaks to we can't allow ourselves to be so driven by the external now I'm not a gambler you know I take risks but I do take calculated risks I had been talking to a financial planner about when could I leave and he had been telling me oh you need to wait you need to wait but that last time I went in there like I don't care what he says I'm out of here <laughs> And when I went in there, he was like, oh, no, you can go. You're good. So I took my pension and left. And I had no plan. I just knew I had to get out. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, But people continued to call me um, for coaching. You know, some people may be familiar with Martha Beck. She's Oprah's life coach. You know, she's in her magazine. And so I had been looking at her program and long story short, ended up going through her life coaching school, got certified, still wasn't planning to start a business, but that's what I ended up doing. And so that's why we're here talking today. (laughs) I always love hearing the journey of where the now comes from, because it's never this linear, like easy. It is not. It's so twisty turny. It is in a lot of trusting the gut, right? Like trusting the process, which is super scary. And and you like laid that out so beautifully that money for a lot of people is the scariest part of trusting yes. the process. Yes, so, and, so true. So true. One of the things that um, I learned from Martha Beck, she would say, God yeah. has all the money. And I remind myself of that because it does recenter me on <laughs> thinking that this thing is the answer you know that I do believe that the answer is always above us there's a there's a higher answer and our vision is limited so what we see in front of us can seem to be the thing and we can be so focused on that but if you allow yourself to stay open and not be just locked (laughs) in on a specific outcome because God has all the money. The answers can come from any lane. You know, there are many resources for what we desire in life if we allow ourselves to be open to them. Right, right. And is this part of your coaching? But I set my business up to be virtual because I want it to be um, fluid. I want it to be not location dependent. I want it to be able to coach women from all around the world. And so I do focus on women, particularly women in midlife transition. Um, You know, I've had men say to me, why do you only uh, coach women? Why don't you coach men? Because that's who I want to coach. And (laughs) the 
<laughs> I know, right? And the significance yeah. of that is I was in corporate for many years where I was, you know, directed what to do. They sent people to me to be yeah. coached, to be developed. And now I get to choose. And so, you know, I, particularly for um, women and, and midlife for me is a state of mind. I'm 62 years old. I call myself a midlifer. I don't know that I'll be here 120 years, but, <laughs> but it's a state of mind because it to is. me, it just means that you're, you're still, you're still in the mix of living life and yes. that uh, whether you're 40, 50, 60, 80. And, and so I just believe that life is connected to your state of mind. We have these bodies, they age, stuff happens. But how do you approach that? You know, what are you telling yourself about that? What are you telling yourself about you? And my framework for coaching is around um, identity. Who are you? I, uh, a question that I ask women is, who are you without role or title? Yeah. Who are you without role or title? That brings some women to tears because yeah. they can't answer it because we are so conditioned to be in the service of others, particularly as women, which is fine. But, you know, we've been employee, we've been parent, we've been um, community volunteer, sibling, daughter, you know, all of those things until we get lost in that. And we reach this stage of life where maybe we have more time, your children are are about to leave or are gone, or if, even if they're still with you, at least they're working and can take care of themselves. So you have more personal agency. What do you do with it? Have you um, had some dreams shelved or dormant that now you can call up and, uh, you know, and, and start making them real? So that's, that's the work that I do that, you know, a lot of women at this stage of life can feel a little lost in who they are. Um, and I know from personal experience and from coaching women that you really do need to know who you are because that's when you can truly know what you want. So mm -hmm. that's how we work. You know, who are you? What do you want? And how can you get it? Because if you base your what you want on who other people have told you to be or who you used to be, then you're going to just put yourself back in a, in a lane of, of living the life of obligation. Yeah. Right. Oh my goodness. I think it's, it's interesting because I get a little crossover from women in their thirties, forties, kind of, I think this is when this all really starts, you know, sometimes again, career motherhood and, and you're so busy that you don't worry about yes. taking care of yourself. And then you get to that point where that last kid walks out the door and you go, now I love that that is your niche because it just shows like you're focusing on starting somebody's whole next chapter of life where some people look at that moment as shutdown as yes. I'm gonna like settle in but we can't settle in because the second we settle in it's when things you know bodies don't hold up let's talk about that 80 year old man for a minute oh yes 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 so I, you know, I shared that CBS Sunday morning is my my bomb, my weekly bomb of life is, is, is still wonderful. There are still wonderful people in the world. So if, if, if anybody, if you don't watch it, I just highly recommend that you watch CBS Sunday morning. It will make you feel so much better about everything. Mm -hmm. But um, they had this man on there who is in his 80s and 
is a is setting records as a pole vaulter. Um, and, and, you know, he did it in high school, wasn't that great, and picked it back up in his 60s. Because why not? <laughs> why not? You know, as I told you, when he comes in the gym, the young, the young people are like, he's somebody's grandfather. He's here yeah. to watch somebody. And then when he picks up the pole, they're like, oh, something bad is about to happen. <laughs> And then Renee and I were looking at each other like our backs hurt, like just thinking about right. we'd burn. No way. <laughs> that would not be me. But what represents pole vaulting for you? I'm so glad you said that life is in chapters because that's what I, I believe that too. And we have more chapters to live, more chapters to write for ourselves. And I also love that you talked about women in their 30s and 40s because when I found out I was in menopause at 45, it, it blindsided me. I didn't. All I knew about menopause was hot flashes. Yeah. And there's, and I didn't have hot flashes. My menopause was emotional. It wasn't physical. It was emotional. And I wasn't prepared for it. And I, I, I still think that even now, uh, so many women, young women are not prepared for, we just hear the jokes about it. We don't really know how to approach it and embrace it. And, and I, I read a book on menopause during that time. And my biggest lesson from it was that because we as women typically are the tenders, befrienders, caretakers, that we are so focused on making sure that, you know, people in our who we love and in our circle there that everybody else is okay mm -hmm. that we suppress a lot and when menopause hits when those hormones start you know reworking themselves then this is when things start bubbling up that have that's been it's been suppressed for years and yeah. what's been suppressed must be addressed and the book talked about how this is our time to renegotiate relationships because, you know, you, you know, I did get divorced, but that's not, you don't have to get divorced. It's that you may need to renegotiate relationships with your partner, with your mm. children, with your friends, because you are in a state of change and transition and that's okay. And so you in owning that and embracing it and getting to know yourself now, and then allowing others to understand uh, there's somebody, I'm a little, I may be a little different. I may be approaching, I may not be as available for, for the things that I was before. Mm -hmm. All of that's okay. And as long as the people in your world can get on that train, then <laughs> they'll still get to keep riding with you. <laughs> oh, oh man, I don't know if I've ever really looked at it that way. I'm like processing as you're talking. I do think it's important that we all grow. And I know in like weight loss world, when people grow and like, this is an example with eating when their eating style changes, because maybe they're getting more involved in their health, that it's really hard sometimes on the family, because when we change, we change as a whole person. We don't just change in that one little area. And so to your point with that, like other people can choose to, to come with us in our change and hopefully they're growing too. Okay. And this is a super personal question. You don't have to answer it, but do you feel like that was a little bit part of your relationship Were you kind of growing and he wasn't? Yeah. You know, and so, and I tell people, I, I, my marriage was happy for most of, I was married for, um, about 21 years. And for most of those years, life was good because it was based on a paradigm 
that worked for both of us. Hmm. I was, you know, I was the, the dominant one. I was the one kind of in control. He was fine with that. And that mm-hmm. worked for us for many, many years. And then that became too heavy for me. Mm-hmm. It was taking a toll on me that I didn't even realize. And um, when I finally did come to terms with what was happening and we went to, oh, I, you know, we went to different counselings and all of that. And I realized he was who he was. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, some people, some people are who they are and they don't really change they don't have a desire to change and you know so he wasn't a bad person it's just that I had changed mm-hmm. and you know I think I know I've said the word blindsided a couple of times but it you know I didn't expect that change it came upon me but then I couldn't ignore it and I tried to ignore it for a yeah. long time which yeah because that would have been easier right yeah that would have been the e- so yeah so true that would have been the easy thing um you know my husband and I, once we got married, my, my sister met his brother. They ended up getting married. Stop. They are still married. <laughs> so yes, they had the children. They, I have two nieces. So we were two conjoined families for many, many years. And so my, my rocking that apple cart was huge. It was cataclysmic yeah. and it was not easy, but yeah. it was either me or them, <laughs> like, you know, right. once, you I ended, have... once I ended up in the hospital, I was like, oh, I, I can't keep, you know, I can't keep pushing this down. I have to deal with it. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. When you start to see it, that like, it's not a, it's weird to say a blessing that you were almost in the hospital, yeah. but like, I don't yeah, think no, unless it really was. Yeah. It really was in a way because um, it was a warning. You know, I hated that that happened at the same time, because more than one thing can be true that yeah. I'm grateful to. And so I'm remarried now to I, I, the most amazing man. You know, when, you know, people say, oh, I've been married 40 years. And I'm like, you know, I have two, to two different men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't regret my first marriage. Um, uh, and so, yes, I, I just think it's all a part of life. Like, like you said, it, these are chapters of life that we live, yes. Yeah. So t- take us on your journey with the podcast. Like, do you interview other guests that are also in midlife or like, what, what are some topics that come up in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so actually was, I just ended season one and season one, I'm a mindset coach, you know, and that's basically my focus is on the mindset because it's foundational for any change that you want to make. And so the first season was about mindset. It was centered around different aspects of mindset. Second season will be coming out in January and that will be the interview season. So I just interviewed a business coach, Susan Hyatt. And so I will be in, yes, I will be interviewing um, many amazing women. And she is a great example of uh, women um, continuing to grow and change. And she's hugely into empowering other women through you know, uh, becoming business owners and entrepreneurs. And, you know, this is what you want to do, create what you crave. That's her, that's her mm-hmm. mantra. So. Mm-hmm. Do you notice, I mean, you do have like amazing interviews lined up and maybe you've already done some of them. When you live in this space, don't you think it keeps affirming the importance of what you're teaching? Absolutely. And yes, for other women, but also for me, Lindsay, I so believe in um, 
the the power from through the, that we get through connecting and collaborating. Mm-hmm. And I believe that I really believe that you know women, it's our time to run this world. I, I believe that so much. I mean, we've let these men have it for thousands of years, <laughs> and now it's our turn because so much that that is um, that where our superpowers come from through connection, collaborating. You know, those those things are kind of you know diminished. Like, oh, that's cute, friend, girlfriends. That's cute. Oh no, we get shit done. <laughs> you know, we <laughs> no, and I, I I don't think we realize how much power we are sitting on. And that's why I so believe that, yes, we, you know, these conversations, these connections, these collaborations, that we need to see that through the lens of this is where power rests. And this is how we can impact and change the world. So Mm -hmm. when I'm coaching women, you know, I'm, I'm, this isn't just something nice for you to do. Because a, a lot of women, particularly in the age range that I work with, they, you know, they get caught up in, am I being selfish, focusing on myself because they're not used to doing that. Mm-hmm. And I have not coached the woman yet who I don't care what she lands on. I've coached women who have um, become creative writers, who have started found a foundation, um, who have started businesses, who have written books, whatever they land on, mm-hmm. they are bringing people with them. That's who we are as women. We bring our people with us. It's never only about them. Yeah. But when you connect to what you're really passionate about, you actually have more fuel for that. Because when you're, when you're just making yourself do stuff because I should do it, yeah. that you're, you know, you're, then you're on fumes and it takes a toll, as you know, from a wellness perspective, that takes a toll on you from a, from a health perspective. Right. And when we have passion behind something that it just, it's like you wake up with a fire under your bum and you're yes. ready to take on the world. Yeah. Oh, I love your work. Do you almost struggle though? Like back to your point of that generation, do you, is getting on board a little harder to get on board, like getting the clients or is the word of mouth just a beautiful thing through that community? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, um, you know, doing things like the podcast. I have a a, a, a newsletter. Um, I ha- I um, hold these coaching salons, and you know, so I provide opportunities for women to just come and sh- and be and share. And uh, yeah, so part of it is that. Part of it is word of mouth. I you know, people will. I just told a client yesterday. She told me, "Oh, I recommended you to to my yoga instructor." And, and there's a quote. Um, your name is being called in rooms your feet have not entered. Yeah, and I and I love that so much. And so um, when we show up for ourselves, you just really never realize who you're impacting. So you mentioned, yes, I wrote a book, um, Take the Trip, uh, Four Journeys Every Midlife Woman Needs to Live in Purpose and Freedom. <laughs> and I worked, I wrote this book about... I guess it's been almost two years ago now because COVID, I lose time. So I think it's been about two two years. Um, And I still continue to get messages. I got a message from a girlfriend um, last night. She said, uh, my mom, you know, loves your book and it has impacted her deeply. And she said, she says she quotes you all the time. She was in, they they were out shopping and her mother was looking at some China 
and she was trying to decide whether to get it or not. And she said, oh, you know, you're in your friend's book. She talks about how enjoy, allow yourself the pleasure of enjoying things now. Don't put off things. And she said, yes, I'm and use the dishes, good dishes every day. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so she got, she got the dishes. I had a, another woman um, write me a letter, a snail mail letter. <laughs> I love snail mail. I know, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it just made me cry about, um, you know, in how the book made her think about her life, how much it meant to her. This is not about me so much as it is. As a, that's what I want, want the listeners to get. I don't care how old you are. You are here for a reason. <laughs> and, you know, whatever chapter of life you're in right now, show up in it fully show up mm-hmm. because you never know who's watching who's paying attention mm-hmm. and you know even you know even the example that you're setting for your children you know show up in the authenticity in the essence of who you are um, because it matters it really mm-hmm. matters and you you know you know they have this thing now on social media or you're an influencer we are all influencers. Mm. So what are you influencing? What are, what messaging are people getting from you? You know, what are they getting from the message that you're showing up in? Um, you know, and it doesn't have to be some big over the top thing. I, I coached a woman who was pretty much a doormat for everybody in her life and she knew it and was tired of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was tired of her job. She was tired of being the go-to person in her church. She was tired of her grown son still living in her house. <laughs> so um, through the coaching that we did, she even went beyond what I thought. Uh, you know, she got her son out of her house and um, stopped saying yes to everybody and ended up quitting her job and moving five states away to live near her grandchildren. Because that's what she really wanted to do. So good, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay, you're going to have to unpack this for our listeners. Because for the person who's never been coached, they're going, yes, I hear you. But like, what does each one of those little nitty gritty steps look like that are going to get you to this? Because mm-hmm. that is, that's a big journey that just happened mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first thing I do is that I, I do ask you the, who, who are you? So I get you to list all of, when I get you to list out all of the roles and titles. And then I, I ask you to, okay, tell me which ones of these you really enjoy. And this is just between me and you. You may be the greatest mother ever. Doesn't mean that you enjoy it. Those are two different things and it's okay. <laughs> and then we get down to, you know, you know what, so tell me about your values. What are your values in life? You know, my highest values are freedom and faith and, and connection. And so what are your values? And then how does your life align with those values? So we go, I, I walk you through this whole process of getting you to connect to the truth of who you are, because there, you know, we want to be a certain thing, but who are you really? And, and getting you to own it. And then who do you want to become? You know, who do you want to become? And then that's when we move into uh, what do you really want? So I do this ideal day exercise with you where I, um, you know, I, you know, I wave my magic wand, 
I have, I'm, I'm Glenda the Good Witch. I can make whatever you want come true. And um, I, you know, I just really get you to re release yourself from any barriers because I have freed you from them. And tell me what your ideal day looks like. You know, where are you? Who's with you? What are you doing? I'm going to pause you in some sense yeah. here. Like this specific instance of this client, as she's saying, where are my values and where, like, is this where grandkids were popping up in the conversation or? Yeah. So, you know, this is where, um, yeah, people will say, you know, my highest values are, you know, family, faith, um, you know, but if you say, if you say family is your highest value, how much time are you spending with your family? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of time are you spending with your family? Right. So and her getting to like hear that out of somebody else saying that my family, my grandkids are my highest and I live five hours away from them and I'm only seeing them once every three to six months. This mirror, this coach, you looking back and going, do you feel like that aligns? Yes, <laughs> yes. And her saying, I know I, I do do wonderful things for people, but I'm tired. When yeah. does it get to be about me? You know, she knew she was a one-way street. She was always the one taking care of other people. You know, even in her church, you know, she, you know, people knew if they needed something done, they could call her and she would do it. A, yeah. a, a pivotal, pivotal point for her in our coaching was one evening, um, a woman called her to babysit for her. She, she wanted my client to babysit for her. And my client had planned to just have a quiet evening at home. And you know, when people will say, well, what are you doing? If we don't have an appointment on the calendar, we, what do we say? Nothing. Right. And because it's not just enough just to be with ourselves. That's not right. justifiable. Right. And, and so I said, well, what did you say? She said, I thought about it. I thought about it. And then she said, I told her, I'm sorry, I have other plans. I can't do it. And I said, and what happened? She said, nothing. She found somebody else to do it. Exactly. And I'm like, exactly. It was okay. And that yeah. was huge. That may sound like for some people, they're like, oh, I just wouldn't. But for her, that was so groundbreaking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, thank you for keep going. Thank you. I just feel like it's steps. And I want our listeners to keep it hearing that, that like steps. that groundbreaking that you just talked about. Once you repeat that action 10 other different times and you keep getting good results out of it, then there's a new belief system that comes in that I'm allowed to carve out time and no one's hating me because of it. Like Exactly. And when you can, can connect to how it felt when you did that, yes, you can feel a little scary, but when you, when it, when you do it and you're like, whoo, that feels yeah. good and remembering that feeling and replicating it. And so, yeah, and I get another thing I take clients through is to get you to start paying attention to yourself. I call it Sherlock your shit, but to start paying attention. <laughs> hey, that's to amazing. <laughs> to start paying attention your, to yourself as you go through your days, because yeah. there's a, a, a process I take you through called body compass. And body compass is simply how you connect to the, the messaging that your body is giving you internally. Mm. Because mm. most of us live in our brains. We live in our heads and we think about everything. And so there are thoughts, but then we're also getting intuitive hits from our body. Mm -hmm. And our brains can lie to us. 
they can lie to us because our brains are set up to protect us, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, we have all of that, but our bodies don't lie. Mm. And I mean, the truth is in the body. And when you learn how to connect to that. So for instance, you could be, um, you could say yes to something that, you know, you can say yes to it. It could be an opportunity you thought you wanted, like you get a promotion at work and you've been wanting this promotion. And finally, here it is, you know, the, you know, the day has come where you're getting this promotion. And so on paper, you know, you're getting a raise, a title, all of the stuff. It looks great. Your brain is like, wow, this is it. But your stomach just drops. Yeah. You know, you start feeling I'm- nauseous and sick to your stomach. There's messaging there for you. Mm-hmm. Something about this. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe the situation that you'll be working in is not going to be good for you. Maybe you don't really want this promotion like you thought you should want maybe you don't really want it so learning how to pay attention to the the messaging that your body is giving you and that's one of the exercises I give you is to as you're going through your day pay attention to yourself you know (laughs) um because I I and I connect you to it I can walk you through how to you know pay attention to what's going on and then you use that (laughs) so when I'm when I'm talking to you, Lindsay, you know, I'm feeling light and airy and, you know, you know, I'm 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 feeling open and spacious. If I'm in the presence of someone else, though, and my neck gets tight and, you know, I start, you know, feeling tension, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's something to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. A little tick so, comes yeah, out in us. Yeah, that we're like, yeah, Why yeah, are you yeah, doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm clenching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're engaging in some activity that you know, it's making you feel really good or it's making you feel mad and resentful. And, you know, so, so yeah, so that, you know, I I walk you through all of that. And so once you're clear on who you are and what's really lighting you up and what's dragging you, then we can figure out what it is that you want to create in your life. Mm -hmm. And then we start moving into, okay, what can happen? What tiny step actions? Because that's the other thing. I just really want clients to understand. You don't have to leap off of a building to change your life. It can start an incremental change. I had a client who she's a law dean uh, professor and she really wanted to to get into um, creative writing, become this creative writer. She was the main breadwinner for the family, had younger kids and just was seeing life playing out years before she could get to doing this creative writing thing. And so through the coaching work that we did, um, her epiphany was, I've been seeing myself as a dean who wants to write, but who I really am is a writer who happens to be a law dean. Hmm. Once she made that flip, that drove her decision-making for what she said yes to and what she said no to. Hmm. She was on like 30-something committees. She dropped off all of them except four. It's amazing. And that opened up space for her. She Hmm. hired a, a creative writing coach. She has more time with her children and her husband. And she said, uh, cause this is my thing. Is anybody gonna die? nobody died you know you know (laughs) you know the university went on just fine she was still showing up in her job you know she didn't have to wait 10 years to start doing the thing that she was really feeling compelled to do Mm. Mm -hmm. 
it's like, it's that when and then thinking it's the, when I get to this point, all of a sudden, and the reality is, is that when we hit the, when there's something else that pops up that needs us, right? (laughs) Oh, that's such a good example. And I agree with you. A lot of people hear leap and they think your scenario, like, totally stop a job like just walk out the door right, and start right, a fresh right. life yeah, I tell Which, people, look no that's not what that's not why i shared this story <laughs> I know, but but it is one end of the spectrum and that's yeah. very real for some individuals yeah. and some need to do it you know but yeah. there's this end too where you're allowed to take the little baby steps to keep going yeah. what else are we missing here the four journeys of midlife connect to your inner self no role no title continuously purge what no longer serves you Mm -hmm. yes i am i am hugely into decluttering it's a mantra for me and Mm. when i'm feeling confused or you know uh you know all out of sorts i go clear out i I go clear out my closet i clear out a drawer Mm -hmm. Uh, and i know a lot of people you know, are I'm good with my clutter. You know, I'm you know I'm good with it, and and maybe I'm yes. Where life is on a continuum, maybe that works for you. But really, be honest with yourself: is it really working for you? When I clear out something, Lindsay, I I feel like I have dropped literal physical weight mm-hmm. just from that, and then it opens my mind up, it opens my spirit up, and it opens up my creativity for, because I believe that we are all life design artists. Hmm. Um, I used to, I'm a, I'm a huge lover of the arts and I used to see that from through the lens of, I'm a supporter of the arts, they are the artists. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that we are, we all, cause I didn't think of myself as creative, but we all are. We all have some level of creativity and we really have lots of creativity if we open our, open ourselves up to it. And hmm. so in designing your life, in designing your life, you know, I do believe that we need some spaciousness to be able to, to hear the inner messaging that's coming to mm-hmm. us and to even um, connect to the external that's trying to, to, to get to us that we need to open up space so that our vision isn't blocked. Mm-hmm. Our internal listening, our third eye is not blocked by all this clutter because physical clutter to me is representative of mental clutter, of spiritual clutter, of emotional clutter. You know, how much baggage are you carrying around that's blocking you from living the life you want to live? Yeah, I'm guessing that you have some goals set with clients of just some home organization. Yes. 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 And 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 really because I'm <laughs> several years ago I did a a big big purge where I got rid of I did the I did do the Marie Kondo thing and I got mm-hmm. rid of clothes I got rid of furniture and I got rid of good furniture <laughs> and my friends were like What are you doing? Yeah, are you okay? <laughs> Were you thanking it on the way out the door? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and my and my husband, it was he was he's like, is my ass gonna be out on this? On this yeah. <laughs> purge, purge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, you're good, you're good. But because some of that good furniture, 
um, some of those good clothes represented old chapters in my life that were no longer relative. Mm -hmm. And I wanted new to come in. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's a continuous thing because I want, I want, um, uh, Maya Angelou has a quote about experiencing every good thing. And I want to experience every good thing. I want my clients to experience every good thing. And if you're holding on to old crap, you're crowding out the new good that can come in. Mm -hmm. So if it's no longer serving you, let it go. Let it go. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which again, way easier said than done, but having somebody else hold your hand like a coach yeah. through that process, you'll you will get there versus just a thought of I should. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, and the lie that it's too late or you're too old to live your best damn life. And I know that we've been saying this, but we're gonna, kind of wrapping up and I don't want to, but, but I feel like this is like what I absolutely, I love everything about you, but this is, this is like the, the catch for me. You know, the too late. And I know why we think that in, in, uh, you know, I took a, a, a solo trip to uh, Lisbon, Portugal, a few years ago, and had been that was on my bucket list to take a solo trip to Europe. Hadn't done it. I was supposed to go to Portugal with my husband, and then he couldn't go, and I almost canceled the trip. Mm. And then I was like, "Why are you doing that? This is something you wanted to do. This is your time." And I did it, and I was like, "Why have I waited so long to do this?" Oh. And the reason was fear, fear. And I know people will look at me and think, oh, you're not afraid of anything. I'm afraid of a lot of things. And you know why? We are conditioned to be afraid. There, you know, there's, you know, there is an internal, I think we have internal DNA to be afraid because again, it's a protective me mechanism. Lions, tigers, and bears back in cavemen days were, you know, <laughs> you know, around the corner. But what we've done, most of us don't live in that kind of world anymore where there's clear and present danger every mm -hmm. second. Uh, but we take everyday life st stressors and we, you know, use that as our, to, to base our fear in. Mm -hmm. And so the news is set up to keep us afraid. We, we, me and my girlfriends went on a trip to Greece and it was during their financial, the height of their financial crisis. And so you could see all these protesters on the news and we were like, oh, do we need to cancel the trip? We shouldn't go. And thankfully a travel agent pulled us off that ledge. We got there, Lindsay, we would have never known anything was going on. That's so funny. I know. Even and if we so, almost canceled. I <laughs> know, yes. And so this too late thing connects to that because mm. we are conditioned to think a certain way about aging. We're conditioned to be more fearful as we get older and that, you know, we should just let some things go. Who said? Yeah. Who yeah. said? Yeah. And, you know, when back to the decluttering thing, you know, you know, having a, a focus on what you're allowing in your environment is so important. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I seek out these kinds of stories about uh, people older than me, my age, and even older, you know, to see what's possible in life. You know, you know, I'm not going to be a pole vaulter. I'm not going to run a marathon, but that's representative of what I can do in my life. You know, that, you know, maybe there's something that I want to do or something a client wants to do. And you've told yourself it's too late. No, no. Yeah. yeah. 
you're my example today. I feel like you're so motivated. I want to be coaching when I'm 60. I, I don't want there to be this like hard stop of when I'm no longer relevant or, you know, that exactly. Yeah. So thank you for, for my inspiration today. I really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I don't want to lose you. Tell our listeners all the best places to find you. The best place to find me is to go to the midliferemix.life, the midliferemix.life, and you can get on my newsletter and keep up with everything I'm doing. Yay. Love it. Okay. And don't forget, she has a book out there. Can we find it on Amazon? Yes, the book. Yes, you can find the book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Bookshop. And it's, yeah, Take the Trip, Four Journeys Every Midlife Woman Needs to Live in Purpose and Freedom. And the first season of the of the podcast is out there, the Midlife Remix. And it is available on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify. So yes, the Midlife yes. Remix. And I love that because people can jump off listening to this right now. If you are still out walking, running, driving, yes. you can literally just hit search and hit the play button and yes. <laughs> inspiration is there. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. I'm so glad we got to connect. I'm still following you. I love your podcast too. So. Oh, thank you. All right. This is not goodbye. I will see you in 2022. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today. This topic served any purpose for you or you can picture that exact person who needed this. I'm always honored when you share the episode. We are making 2022 the year that we are going to pour motivation and inspiration onto others. I also always appreciate it when you leave a review on iTunes and rate the podcast. I send you off with all the praise and momentum you deserve for staying open-minded to new information Keeping that open mind to the idea that our journey will look different now, five years from now, slow and steady, y'all. It's not always instant gratification and not always that exciting, but a much gentler and redeeming path that will serve you well throughout all the years and every season of life. Cheers to health and happiness.